Welcome to it. This is Know Your Power, the podcast series brought to you by VW Amarok. And over the course of this series, we want you to firstly discover the man that is Siabela Sonaka, but most importantly, help you tap into what real power is. The first five episodes are live right now, so make sure you get them all by clicking the link in the bio of your favorite podcast app. Ruan, good to have you here, bro. It, it's a... Uh... So, I mean, let's just start off with this. Uh, you know, you're not bad at this rugby thing, huh? Like, like I've been, you know, watching you for a while. I thought, my first thought about you is, this guy's not bad at rugby. Uh, just, what a career, dude. What a career you have had. Yeah, thank you very much, man. I, that, um, I appreciate it. Um, I think, you know, it's uh, it's been up and down. I've been uh, through some really good times, really bad times, but I think, you know, that just captures the life of a sportsman. You know, it's uh, it's about dealing with all these unforeseen circumstances, you know, and taking in the good time and obviously realizing, you know, when the when the good times are here, it'll probably not last forever. There's obviously going to come dips as well. But I mean, I've, I've had an extremely blessed career up until this point. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, I'm just enjoying the ride as I'm going along. Now, Sabs, I know you, you guys are particularly close and at this stage, I have to ask you and put you on the hot seat. How good is yeah. Ruan actually? Because I watch him on TV. I'm like, oh, that guy's brilliant. Now, you're his teammate. How good is he actually? Now, let's put the friendship to the test here. Yeah. I mean, he's come a very long way. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it is... <laughs> No, in all honesty, like it, it is not. It's very nice to see one's progression and how he's grew as a player. You know, coming from the sevens and now fifteens, um, it's really, really been good to see how he grew as a person and as a rugby player. Very, very far from Benoni rugby club, as I said. Yeah, that's that's in the east. That's in the east of Joburg. That that is some development. You, you know, you you live next to the airport and you move up uh, to to being one of the greatest sportsmen on the planet. Yeah, it's it's been good. We're good. It, it, it is good, dude. And so, so Sabs, what, what is the one thing that you thought to yourself? Because, I mean, it seems like you guys have got it going. When you got in that dressing room, and obviously you want to get around the guys that are doing all the right things, you, you know, in whatever capacity. What is it about Ruan where you thought, hmm, that guy, that's a guy I could actually, you know, introduce to my family? In anything, you know, you judge a person by the character first and foremost. And fortunately for me, you know, when I met Ruan, I didn't see the rugby first because I was going to see Binoni. Fortunately for me, I saw the type of person he is. And I, I just gravitated towards that. You know, the rugby, I think, is just a bonus. Before anything else, we're human. Um, and Ruan's character, his values, his principles attracted me to him. And I think that's what I love most about him. Uh, yes, he's an amazing rugby player, but that comes after I think how he is as a person is, is due to what attracts me to him. And uh, so, Ruan, then it leads me to ask you, is that um, maybe take us into where the, th those core principles and, and the, the, the way you carry yourself. Obviously, there's Ruan, not the, the rugby player. We understand that. But we're talking about a little mo bit more than that. And, and that's directly from uh, Sabs' ears. Where does that come from, that desire to, to, to sort of carry yourself in the way that you do, that would, that, that would have a brother in arms say, that's my guy? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm, I think uh, it's uh, like Sabs said, probably Benoni. Um, I'm just kidding around there. Uh, no, I, I think, you know, there's a there's a major part, or actually like the, the majority of, you know, who I am is obviously principles that's been there 
from a very young age. And I, obviously, that I have to say thank you to my parents too, first of all. And then, you know, secondly, uh, you know, I, we've already spoken about the sevens and, you know, the culture there and the environment there. But I believe, you know, at the sevens, you're faced with some really, really tough situations, you know, like training sessions, uh, missing out on teams. But I think, you know, at the sevens, uh, when I actually joined the sevens, I was at a point in my career well, that was probably like my lowest point in my career because that was my last option. And, um, you know, obviously the sevens turned out to be a success, but I, I believe at the sevens, I almost matured as a, not only as a player, you know, but as a, as a man as well, you know, like I grew up there, um, you know, I was what, 20, 22, 23 when I arrived at the sevens and when I left, I was 27. But, um, you know, in those short four or five years, you know, when we started transitioning out towards the end of my sevens career, you know, there's so many lessons I've learned there. Um, you know, about myself, first of all, you know, because I mean, like, it's, it's pretty re- revealing when you, and Siabello, you know, you can add to this as well, but it's, it's pretty revealing, you know, what comes out when you're faced with, you know, extreme fatigue and you get so irritated and you're so tired. So, um, I got to learn a lot about myself in those tough situations, you know, in, in that sevens culture. And, um, um, yeah, and I think through that, obviously, with those things coming to the surface, I saw some of the things that I liked about myself and obviously some of the things that I knew, listen, yeah, that it's not really a good characteristic to have, you know. So um, I, I believe it's a bit of a combination of both, you know, due to my parents, obviously my upbringing, and then, you know, being just faced with some tough situations at the sevens that I've obviously just grafted, you know, and scoffed away the things that I liked about myself and the things I always had that I liked about myself. Man, and, and that is such an awesome thing to hear. I mean, especially to say, like, sometimes you got pushed to the brink there, Ruan. It's like it almost is that last port of call and you, you had to make a call. And that, that's, that's awesome to hear because it's very easy to go the other way, right? Like, it's very easy for you to have gotten there and go, ah, well, you know, whether it works or not, but you, you clearly decided to take the bull by the horns. And, and I mean, in an environment like that, I think it's not like bigger team sport, maybe in the 15s and, and maybe in football squads where there are places to hide, right? If you're, if you're a sort of bench guy, you can hide a little bit and, and maybe cut corners here and there. And I love that it revealed that about you. And that, that says everything, uh, doesn't it, Sabs, about, about the guy. I mean, Obviously, like he said, he's from Benoni, so he can take care of himself immediately. So if folks, <laughs> but, but but that does speak to a man. Is is that on Last Chance Saloon? There's big time pressure here because uh, playing for the Springbok Sevens is, uh, and perhaps I'm biased, but it is the show. It is the show. You are at the big dance, especially with the great Paul True. What he what he turned you guys into, and, and as a machine. Is that is the dance, and for you, run at twenty-two to make that call. I mean, Sabs, that that kind of shows you that this guy's for real, real. And and I get why, I get why he's your mate, and and that just makes sense. That just makes sense. You guys pass me the ball, I'll run around people, I'll pass it back to you. You're excellent, and we're best mates. Yeah. It's awesome. Now it is. It is a very tough, you know, environment to be in, and I think anyway, not just the sevens. You would put on the green and gold jersey. You represent so much, and having there that, that that responsibility and knowing that you have the responsibility at hand, you know there's a lot of pressures that come through with it. But having people like Ruan on your side, I think that's what pretty much pulls you through. Sometimes you don't even have the strength to go through the things alone, but just having a mate next to you, you know, encouraging you, making you laugh. Like I, my, my relationship with Ruan, like when he's down. Literally, I say the most stupid things, and he laugh, and he immediately snap out. <laughs> so we kind of like each other's lives in a sense, but you need that because 
things are so intense and there's so much weighing on your on your shoulders already. You don't need another, you know, heavy heavy lifted situation to be put on shoulders. You need something to take uh, that pressure off you and that weight off you. And I think with that to each other, we literally just that would lift and, and I guess that barrier of, of the weight that the other person is carrying. And man, that, that's, that's cool. Uh, Ruan, so for you, I mean, obviously you're coming into that environment and you're, you're undergoing, you're a young man at 22, but then you, Siabelo, you guys link up when, when, when things come together. What was it about him? Obviously great dreads as he came in. That's a given, right? The, the dreads, that's awesome. Like who's that guy? That takes him over the top. You're awesome. But what, what is it about him where you thought, okay, the talent's quite cool. That guy is obviously a Ferrari because it's incredible what he can do off the mark. But as the man, what was it about him that you thought, nah, okay, that's a, that, that's a guy I can hang out with? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think, you know, if I, if I can just add to, to see how Bella and I, when he spoke about me, you know, the things that attracted him to me, um, I think, you know, when I joined the seven, see how Bella was probably at the top of his game, you know, I, I, it was the year before he won. Uh, the World Sevens Player of the Year. So, um, you know, he was already starting to go towards that peak of his Sevens career. So, um, you know, I, I immediately got in when Siabeto was already, you know, he was, he was the hard thing. I mean, there's a re- reason that the Fijians gave him the nickname Ghost. And you know, so I, <laughs> I think you must be quite some big deal if, you know, your rival country gives you the nickname Ghost. Me and Siabeto, we never started out, for instance, with Another good friend of our sticks, you know, Sandile. They started from a very, very young age in the academy together. So I think they obviously developed as players together where I think me and Siabello, over time, we just became friends due to time we spent together. You know what I mean? I think through that, I've gotten to know Siabello outside of the rugby field because I really knew Siabello who he was when I arrived in the sevens. I knew Siabello Sinatra, the sevens player. But um, for me, you know, it was when I arrived at the sevens, that's when our friendship actually started you know, building and growing. And the more I got to know Siabello, you know, the more I saw that exactly like he said, I was on, you know, when Flip was still on, I was listening, you know, there's there's much more to us than just rugby players, you know, than passing a ball around. And that's where I started seeing stuff about Siabello, and I like the heart he has to make a change, you know, in, in where he comes from, for instance, you know, in Connect Academy, the boys that we involved with there now, you know, it's his uh, sense of fashion that I always give him trouble about. Um, I told Siabello... We can identify one function in the next year or whatever that he can dress me. I'll be his model. Okay. So, um, so how that's going to play out, I don't know. But if I look at his Instagram profile, sometimes it looks like he's taking photos of the first fitting and then he's saying, thank you. I said to Siabello, I normally take photos when everything is done. It's fitted, you know. <laughs> and he says, like, this is my, this is the look, it's done. But that's not done. That's the first fitting photo. <laughs> okay, okay, go back oh. to your series. Go, go back to what uh, you're saying. No, look, no. that's feedback. That's how you grow. That's constructive. <laughs> and if you can't take that from a mate, who, who yeah. would? Yeah, no, no, it's, it's just, it's just, you know, it was just Siabello's heart that he has, you know. It's, it's, um, it's so much more than rugby. You know, rugby is honestly just what we do. But I mean, like, you know, the, the way he is around, you know, us group of friends, the way he is around me, you know, the way that he supports. Um, I remember when I went through my hamstring injury, uh, I retailed on the last day, you know, and Siabello was, he tore his, I think, the day before or the day just after that. And, you know, instead of focusing on himself, you know, I, I think a hamstring injury for him is way worse than what it is for me. I mean, he's a Ferrari. I'm more of a 4x4 type vibe. And, uh, you know, Siabello was there 
encouraging, building up, you know, and he's, he's showing interest. You know, so it's, it's, it's things like that that actually go a very long way. You know, like rugby can end tomorrow. We can run to the field and you can break your neck. You can become disabled. I mean, there's so many things that can happen. And, um, you know, to have a friendship actually that goes way deeper than just a playbook is, is something special. And I believe it's, it's something rare as well. And, yeah, it was just the human that he is. Now, uh, Ron, before um, before I, I let you go, I mean it, th- that's incredible to hear. You, you, you know, sometimes we get so boxed in into into just seeing you guys as these, and, and really we, we we reduce you guys to objects that perform for our entertainment. And it's awesome to hear the, the sort of idiosyncrasies and, and and the depth which you guys take it to. What do you think as uh, Ciabello transitions, uh, obviously from the sevens to fifteens to mentor to entrepreneur? Uh, what do you think's next for him? Well, what do you see being next for him, uh, both in rugby and, and beyond? Well, I, I think, you know, from a rugby perspective, uh, you know, we, we chat about it a lot. You know, obviously, I think until the day that we decide that we're going to hang up our boots, we'll always be chasing that green and gold jersey. That's, I believe that's any rugby player's dream. You know, if you play in the country, you want to represent the Springboks. And, um, you know, obviously, he's done it so well in the seventh field with a buck on his chest. So, um, you know, obviously, I, my biggest wish for him, I think, for any of my friends, but especially for C.R. Bella, you know, I, I, we train together after our training days, you know, so we see the hard work that goes into just being ready and being on the top of the game. So, obviously, you know, my biggest wish for him is to, on the field, still reach that Springbok dream of his, which I still believe that he will do. And I think, you know, off the field, there's already things in place, you know, and I, I believe C.R. Bella has got the right attitude, you know, C.R. Bella has got the right people around him, uh, the right voices around him. Um, you know, that he's, he's 100% going to make, make a success of that. And uh, it's actually so interesting. This morning I had a coffee with Kyle Brown, uh, you know, that was... Kyle Brown. Yeah. Kyle Brown. Yeah. God, yeah. He's been a head boy yeah. from being a baby. The nurses took him <laughs> and they put a suit on him, a little suit on him, and they put a little tie on him. And he was a head boy from birth till now. We had a coffee this morning and um, we, we actually got into the thing of, you know, life after rugby and the whole transitioning phase and he said one thing that caught him or that he unknowingly put pressure on himself was when people always said oh, but anything that you do you'll make a success of and he said unknowingly like that put indirect pressure on it because anything that he started or tried he no longer had that feeling of you know I want to make a success it became a feeling of I have to make this a success mm-hmm. and um, you know I think that's the thing when it comes to us you know it's because we were at the top of our game for you know 12 13 years you know, you all of a sudden, people just think because I'm on the top of my game now, now anything you do outside of rugby is going to be a success. We're always out the way. Sometimes, you know, it's not always like that. I think, um, you know, obviously, Ciabello has been grafting away of, the, of a life outside of rugby, but I think, you know, he's he's put the right people around, the right voices around him that, you know, it's, it's not going to be like, hey, let me just jump into you and it's just going to whatever happens, happens. You know, it's very calculated moves that they do and he, he thinks things through. So, um, yeah, my biggest wish for him is to obviously wear that green and gold and, Outside of rugby, first of all, you can send me more wine. Uh, so <laughs> wine. And um, yeah, obviously, I think you need to come past the Afrikaans, Afrikaans people who can just show me about how to dress you. Know? Yeah. And, I was uh, going to say. <laughs> I'll just put um, better in a two-ton shirt, bro. <laughs> no ways, no ways. That's not going to happen, mate. That's not me. But you said something so important, my guy. You said we, or Carl said, you were just literally quoting Carl. We bestowed with this idea that we're always going to be successful in everything that we do, right? Which is not the case. And I think for the longest time, because 
when I got into the rugby space, no one was doing things outside of rugby. And I think it was that fear of failing at something because you were so good at rugby. That that fear of failure actually stops us from, you know, going outside of ourselves and trying to live what's inside of us. And it's such a bizarre thing because failure is 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 not, you know, excluded from success. Say failure is a part of success. I don't know how many times, even now with my one business that I failed. I mean, it took us a year and six months to make the actual juice. So it is part of the process. Like if you keep at it, you'll get there. And I think I've done a lot of things that I've done now in the short period of time that I've um, I've been on this earth and actually playing this rugby thing while playing this rugby thing, actually. I've done a lot of stuff that I've done because I've actually lost my sense of fear. Um, sorry, my sense, uh, I've lost the fear. I've lost my sense of fear of failing. Sorry. So that's, that's, I think that's quite important because a lot of people want to separate success and failure. And I think that's really a part of success. Failure has to happen at some point for you to succeed. You can't just get things right. hundred percent, bro. Like I, I, I can't agree with you more. And, um, you know, we always speak about it. And I think if you've already said it, you know, like our identity is not attached to, um, you know, what we do on a Saturday for those 18 minutes. And unfortunately, living in South Africa, being such a proud rugby nation, you know, they judge you or the public sometimes judges you as a person based on your performance, yes. you know? Yes. And, and that's sometimes a, a tough thing to, to handle, you know? Like, I, I remember when, when I was young in my career, when the one thing you wanted to have was your name on people's lips. You wanted people to say, Yo, you've seen that new kid, you've seen how one plays. But at the same time, now you're playing while people are chatting about you, but... You know, and, and, and at the sevens, you expose yourself to that type of criticism six times over a weekend. It's not like 15s where it's once and then it's forgotten, you know. So you can score the game when you try now. You'll be that euro for the next two hours. The next game, you slip a tackle. You cost us the game. You're the villain all of a sudden. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's quite a difficult thing to judge, to juggle that between, you know, knowing who you are, almost like finding your identity outside of rugby because the public is never going to give you a true reflection of who you are. And um, it's the same thing transitioning as well. Like, uh, if I can give an example, for instance, I'm uh, I'm involved in uh, Optimum, the uh, FSP, and uh, I'm 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 really interested in the commercial insurance side of things. And whenever I approach someone, they the first thing I want to chat about is rugby, which I get because it's nice, you know, it's a it's a it's a conversation starter. And you chat. And well, you're also good. You're also good. It's not, it's not just that yeah, rugby is yeah. nice. It's also you're brilliant at it. So that, oh, thank you. I just thought I'd remind you about that part. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. So, yeah, you know, like, we'll start chatting about rugby and it's, and it's nice, but the moment we start chatting about business, it's almost like you need to convince, you know, them that you know what you're almost talking about, where it's difficult because people perceive you only as a rugby player, you know? So it's, it's about breaking that, almost like that stigma of rugby players are more than just rugby players, you know? Like, that's just what yeah. we do. It's not who we are. So, no, I, I, I 100% agree with you there. Man, that, that is so, you know what? I'm thinking now, maybe I quit my job and I become friends with you guys because you're the type of people who I need in my corner as I'm transitioning from this job to whatever we're doing together down there as a trio because the triangle is the strongest shape. Maybe I just drop all of this because, I mean, isn't it amazing this thing we call sport, how transferable it is because everything you've spoken about here, gentlemen, is that 
it's all about getting a team around you. You, you, you know, it's, uh, we're in, we talk 15s now. Is if the tight five doesn't do it, I don't care if you've got um, Sinatra at, uh, at right wing. It doesn't matter because he's not going to get good ball. So you've got to ensure that the tight five is great. The loose trio is great. And, and that's so applicable in life, right? As, as you guys are saying is who are those people who look at me for who I am as a person, not as a rugby player. They look at me as a son, as a brother, as a next door neighbor, as a, you, you, you know, and it's incredible how if you, if you focus and, you know, your core principles are, are coming through guys. And honestly, you guys are so close and it's, it's awesome to see because I think it tells me that the youngsters that will come, uh, obviously be mentored by you guys. It'll be about more than rugby. It'll be about more than rugby is if you're a good man, you're already here. You're already talented, son. Be a good man. And, uh, the, the sky is the limit. And for both of you on a personal front, right? As you both transition, obviously you're still in your careers. When you both play for the Springboks together, that's obviously going to happen. And then as you transition in life, I'm delighted. And I'd like to thank both of you, not just on my behalf, but on behalf of those young men and women who will never get to thank you to say, guys, keep doing what you're doing. And, and it's inspirational to see how you, how close you guys are in, in this pressure environment. Thanks. Thanks. And thank you, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. It means a lot. It's not always easy dealing with Bello, but, uh, well, it's, <laughs> I mean, Seth, here's what I'm thinking. Let's finish it off on this. Ron, you send him the court brook, right? Falskun, <laughs> and then you swag it out, and then you kind he's, of get a fusion. He's talking wow. about this. He doesn't own the short brook that you're talking about. He thinks he's, a, he's talking about the class. He doesn't even dress like that. <laughs> it's too up and fast for him. Oh, okay. All right. So, Ron, a little bit of a little... I don't want to say hypocrite, but you did kind of give uh, Siabella a hard time. You can say it. No, 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 no. Yeah. no Siabella always claims, when people ask, Siabella, where are you from? And I was like, welcome, broer. That's what he says. Welcome, broer. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it like, exactly like that. He, welcome, broer. Sure, yeah, he makes sure that you hear the broer. <laughs> Bro, I'm, I'm going to dress you like a brewer now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ron, you're awesome. Sam, you're awesome. Uh, power to both of you. And, uh, and oh, man, it's just the beginning. I'm excited to see what you guys do together uh, till kingdom come. Thank you so much.